I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. State to state. Yo, guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again in the Straight Stock Studios. Now, this is going to drop sometime end of July, but I've got a good one, man. Three times he's coming back. My good friend, my brother in arms, Frankie the Beast King. Welcome back to Straight Talk Wrestling, my dude. What's up, Georgie? Three times. Three times. It's not nearly, it's not Booger T stuff yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. Five and what we do, we'll have to do a joint spin rooney Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's going to be terrible. But... But uh, especially trying to get it on a, such a small camera, but uh, we'll figure something out. We'll do it. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll do like one of those duet TikToks where we'll put the cameras like up here and we'll just spin it on. It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. I know it. It'll be amazing. I'm, I, I'm probably going to injure myself, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so what's up with you? For, with me? I'm just busy. I'm busy. Absolutely. But I want to talk about you right now because it's not about me. It's about you. You have been absolutely killing it since the pandemic right. has opened. We've seen you so much more over here in Ontario. First couple of things to talk about is I finally was able to see you again at my first Greek Town show, which was phenomenal. That was, it had been so long. Yeah. It had been so long. It had been fun. I, I miss Toronto so much. Toronto was such a wrestling, a good wrestling vibe. And Toronto wrestling fans are so generous and they really get into it. I, I, um, I've become friends, dear friends, with a few of them. You, of course, being one. And little Steven from uh, Steven's Wrestling Journey. He's a fantastic kid. He's so, he's batshit crazy. And that's what I love about him. He's so devoted to this business. And being able to see all you guys in person again was fun. The fact that I got to work with somebody I have the utmost respect and love for in Sunny Kiss was another fantastic thing. I love Sonny to death. He's, he's just so, so, so pure, so sweet, so kind, and, and, and so talented. And everything that he does is so extravagant, yet flashy, yet genuine. And I just wish there was more people like Sonny in the business. It would make it so much more easier for all of us to get along. Absolutely. Well, that match, like you said, you talk about two people that literally tore the house down and you guys did. It didn't go Sonny's way. You retained. But the cool thing was, is that you mentioned Steven. You worked Steven into the gimmick. He got a chance to give you a couple chops, which was fun. But also, you stole the mini host ball of water. I, I remember doing that. Yeah, yeah. But she should tease me with it. You could obviously see that I was... Uh, Thirsty, and she just put it in my face like, yeah, I'm drinking and you're not. You're not going to do that to me. Yeah. That's so true. it was either that or kicking her ass. So I figured I'd just stole it, steal her bottle of water, and then just, it was proper revenge. That level I think. Uh, hands down. Absolutely. Listen, I'm her father. But um, next time I'm going to steal another part of her life. Yeah. <laughs> there are times where you got to put them back into their place. And, and right. she did that. She was, um, she was really, really arrogant with that bottle of water. And she needed to be taught a lesson. So tell her that if she ever brings another bottle of water at wrestling, obviously she's not going to drink it all because I'll take it. And next time I might as well just spill it all over her 
I'll damn that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with yeah. that. I can yeah, always, I'll, use, I'll, I'll I can always use a refresher. Okay. As long, as long as it's not minus 30 outside, I can always use a refresher. Always. It's fine. Okay. I'm good. Good, good. Refresher it is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh let's actually talk about Steven for a second. Uh there was a Greek township in London, and um yeah. you were gracious enough to drive all the way from Montreal, stop at his home, pick him up, and drive him to the show yeah. and drive him back. Now, a lot of people would think looking at your gimmick, looking at who you are, the character you play. Oh, this man doesn't have a heart, but you actually have one of the biggest hearts that I've ever seen. You would give the shirt off your back to somebody to help you. And that's the genuine fact of who you are as a person. That's why I consider you family for sure. But talk Thank about so that. Much. Like, like with, without even without even a question from what Crystal said, his mom, she posted, you, he's like, oh, I was going to miss that show. You were like, no fucking way. We're going to make this happen. And you did. And that, that's an amazing story. So walk me through how that whole thing happened. I um. I have been speaking with Stephen for the better part of two years regularly because and um, every time he, uh, he had an health issue, Crystal would tell me, and I would make sure I don't have the. Um, I, how do I put this? I do not believe I am something special. I don't think I'm a role model. I um, just try to be a good person. And uh, Steven loves wrestling so much, but I want to give him more of a personal touch. He, he saw me at show. Remember, Crystal reminded me that the first time he saw me, he had to almost leave the venue because he was terrified. And, but I made sure to go see him after the show. And since then, we spoke. Every time he didn't feel all that great, I would make sure to give him a call. And it went on and on. We talked all the time. I have gotten close to him as well, Steven's brother. And... Um, We, I told him one day, uh, I remember one time he was in Philly, I'm like, well, I'm going to get you on the show in whichever way possible I may find. I'm going to get you involved. And you could see his eyes just light up. He was so happy about it. And I wasn't doing this. You know, to me, that was just a normal thing. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm being special. I'm being super nice. No, to me, this is... Hey, this kid loves it. I'm going to get him on if it can brighten his day. And uh, we did that thing when you were there at the last Greek down show in Toronto. Well, I got him involved. I got him to chop me. And he got such a good reaction. You could see he was so happy with it. And to me, that was the most, that was my the best part of my show. <laughs> to see people react to him and to see that smile on his face. And he played it so good. Mm-hmm. He understands this this business. He, he's, he's, he just turned 11. Uh, two days ago, but he understands the business more so than people that have been doing this for 20 years because he doesn't have the ego about it. It's not about him. It's about, you know, making it a special moment for everyone involved mm-hmm. and especially for the paying customers. So he understands that. He's got such a, well, wait, look, I got my own little superstar right there. Oh, no, he hides. Okay. Joe, <laughs> Bonjour. He doesn't hear you because I got the, the headphones on, bro. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, so Steve, so Steven did that thing, and he went to continue the angle. He calls and goes, we got to keep our angle going, man. Oh, I can't make it to, uh, I can't make it to London. And like, uh, I'm going to pick you up. Well, and... And there's, there's, you know, when you carry him into the car, it has to be a certain speed. He asks more, I'll do whatever, whatever needs to be done. 
And we did. I'm an AC guy. I'm, I sweat like a, like a horse all the time. But when Steven was in the car, the AC didn't reach him in the back. He was getting hot. So I'm like, oh, we'll open the windows. I was sweating like a pig. I'm like, uh, you know, but he felt fine. So it was okay. We did the show. We got to hang out with everyone, take pictures with everyone. And he was like um, a heat instructor, instructor to the London kids. Okay, this is not going you you guys need to boo him. You guys need to, 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 to cheer him on. And he gave him like the proper, uh, the proper advices and everything. So he was like a cheerleader. Just give me a second. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, and uh, I, we brought him back, and he was he was tired from the drive and everything, but it was everything was worth it. I was tired as well, not from being around with him because I I slept like three hours the day before that. I was shooting, mm. I was shooting for a TV show. I slept three hours, did the drive, and which ended up being an eleven hour drive from uh, from my place to, to London. Then I drove back to Oshawa. Slept for four hours and did the, the Montreal show, but it was all fine. And then yeah, every second of it is worth it. I cannot complain. I I'm just just trying to expose maybe the sacrifices I had to go through, not for myself, but to make sure that everybody that might have expected me to do something on the show got their money's worth. Because to me, this is not about me. I mean. If you make it about yourself, you drive 11 hours to satisfy yourself, you're a moron. You can do that at home. <laughs> I mean, I could have stayed home and find something to, to, to please myself and to satisfy my ego and my needs driving five minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I need that connection with the boys. I need that connection with the paying customers, with, uh, with my friends, whether it be the ones in the back or in the, in the crowd. I, need, I wanted to help the company establish itself in a new market by providing it the best product possible. And uh, I, I, think, I believe we did that. I believe we did that because it was a new show. Uh, and I got to work with somebody I'd, I'd never worked with before in uh, Big Joe Doran. I love Big Joe. He's amazing. He's so good. And he's such a great guy. So that was another great moment. And Kevin threw it all. Uh, Kevin, what am I saying? Steven threw it all was <laughs> the happiest a kid could possibly be. So it was, everything was worth it. Yeah. He's just a great, 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 great kid. Called him for his birthday. He was happy. I was, I had to call him after the show. I called him around midnight. He was still up. It's so summertime, we man. No school. We don't got to worry about it. Summertime. Oh yeah, he's having the, the time of his life, and he told me that he uh, he hung out. He went to the mall. He had a uh, make it yourself teddy bear kind of deal where you go to the mall and you make your own teddy bear. Yeah, build a bear. He did that, and he build a bear. That's what he, yeah, that's what he said. And uh, so yeah, he had a great day, and I was happy I could be a part of it. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And see, that's that's what that's what wrestling's all about. It's about paying it forward. It's about helping in any way possible, whether it be making the fans enjoy the show or doing those little extra things. Like you, you found you found the right way to do it. And also, too, for you, you had that enjoyment of seeing the smile on his face, which you didn't do it for that, but it's an extra little tidbit. It's like cool. This was this made it right here. This smile made everything fucking worth it. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Joe Doring, I got to ask you a question about Are Joe. you loosened up on the... Yeah, go ahead, go, go ahead, brother. Okay, go so ahead. Joe Doring, does he hit as hard 
as it looks like on TV. Because that guy's got like, he's got like Andre the Giant hands almost. They're fucking huge. He is a big ass dude and he gives you big ass strikes. <laughs> they come in. <laughs> and I, like I, 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 I am not, I am bigger than the common man, I like to think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a decent sized guy. Mm-hmm. And Joe just dwarfs me. He just dwarfs me. And he's just, and everything, every contact you have with him, but he's so, so talented that you, as uh, from a professional standpoint, as a worker, I feel completely safe. Mm-hmm. But there's a safety that involves getting hit really fucking hard. <laughs> he does come in, um, in, but everything he does is it just is so Japanese oriented. So everything just comes in, but exactly at the right place. So you feel like a bus hits you, but with love and care. <laughs> so basically, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> that's quite the juxtaposition. Yeah, no, he's, he's a bus that hits you, but it's love and care. It's gentle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a a lovely bus. A lovely bus. So uh, you posted a picture. He's fantastic. You posted a picture on your Uh, Instagram recently of your back and how you're working so much more. I feel like you're in the best shape now than when I first met you four years ago. Would you say you're in better shape now? I, um, aesthetically speaking, maybe so. Mm -hmm. Aesthetically speaking, maybe so. I have a lot of lower my body fat. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to work on my symmetry, making sure that the body is proportionate. I've, I've worked on my legs a lot to make sure that they were adequate compared to the rest of my upper body. Um, cardiovascular speaking, maybe not so much. I have had, I mean, I got COVID, then I got, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, a major goddamn flu mm-hmm. that got me hospitalized for two days. Oh, my God. I was coughing so badly, to be honest, that I passed out twice. Holy coughing. Wow. And to be honest with you, that was a scare. That, that, that was a major scare for me. Because it could have happened. I, I stopped in the parking lot because I was feeling out of breath. Mm-hmm. Started coughing. And then I came to him like, where the fuck am I? I had no idea where I was at. I was in my car. But it was stopped. Obviously, it was stopped. Mind you, if I'd done that as I was driving, can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. It would have been, and so I. Why? Turns out I had this uh, this major case of flu with pneumonia as well, mm-hmm. and the coughing was so intense they had to give me morphine to ease the pain. And I am not a pill guy. I, I don't indulge in pills. I, I don't. But that was unbearable to be honest. And I got asthma. I have asthma, so my breathing was so short. And that happened on the on a Wednesday. I had two shows the weekend prior. I could barely, I mean, at the first show in Quebec City against Matt Angel, who you've most likely met at Destiny. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Phenomenal talent. And the guy and the guy, the guy can go. He's a workhorse. And he's smaller. So he's got he's got gas. He's got wind. But I, I pride myself on being able to go with smaller guys. But that time, I felt like I was dying because I could not breathe at all. And I was really disappointed towards the first, first one-on-one match that I was having with them. And I've been waiting for that moment for many, many years. 
and I could not give him the performance that I wanted to give him. And the next day, I worked with Thomas Dubois from TDT, who you've probably met as well, who's another superb talent. And then again, we had a singles match. And we, Thomas is a, he's a hard ass. He'll, and he's strong as an ox. He'll throw, he threw me around like a rag doll, as, as did I with him. And, but cashing my win was a and I'm like, I'm sorry. I apologize to both of them. I'm like, Mark, it's okay. You don't look well. I don't feel well. So I went to the hospital. And after that, I've been, I've been, I've been, and I had, like I told you, I had like COVID. COVID really hit me. Not like physically speaking, not so much, but my wind has been a pain in the ass since. So catching up with that, cardiovascularly speaking, I am not where I want to be. But aesthetically speaking, I look mighty fine. You are a sexy son. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy with the way my body. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm really happy with the way my body looks. Especially recently, I really lowered my body fat. My gut was getting bloated because I I I tend to eat a lot. Otherwise, I'm because I'm a very snack, naturally skinny guy, mm-hmm. and so I have to eat truckloads of food in order to maintain my size. But I've just really regulated my diet recently. Are you yawning? Are you fucking yawning in my face? No, Am not I in that your fucking boy. Not in no, you're not that boring. Listen, it was a long day at work today. I'm just super bagged. I apologize. I'm giving you my full attention. I'm trying to cover it. I'm like, <laughs> it's all right. I don't I Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, um, but I'm, I'm really I'm like I post yeah, I, and I I'm ambiguous about posting stuff on the internet about my body. Mm-hmm. And everybody's been telling me the guys that are because most of the really over guys right now are really getting their following through social media. Mm-hmm. I do not like to overexpose myself through social media. I do it. I try to do it with a dose of humor and humility. I try to stay humble about it. I don't want to come off as a guy. Right, look at me. I'm fucking jacked. <laughs> um, but I do understand that this is where self, you know, like as a as a self-employed artist you need to promote yourself and the means of promotion right now pretty much rely on social media to get your your face seen and everything i don't i still have a hard time with it i'm old school and i i preferred when promotions were the one promoting their talent but whatever and um i still do it and uh, i get some decent feedback a uh, bunch of people tell, told me you should do more like videos where you speak and, you know, show your, your, your comical side and whatnot. But I do like to keep a certain mystique. I, I love doing interviews such as the ones we're, such as the one we're doing right now because I'm doing it with a friend. Mm-hmm. But I, I've done podcasts where I was just speaking to regular guys who had no, who had no really legitimate connection with. It was more hustle for me. I don't like to overexpose myself with people I have no connection with. And I did. And the, But then again, while we're talking as friends, some of these people just, it's always the same fucking question. Who was your favorite wrestler when you grew up? What brought, why do you want to get into wrestling? Uh, how much, how many hours a day do you go to the gym? How many days a week do you go to the gym? Like, uh, and I, Basically, I wrote down a form on my computer. I have a copy paste for like, okay, this is a question number six. Two hours a day. That is what you want me to send it to you. <laughs> and I like to um, 
But you know me now. You'll, you'll ask questions about the other stuff. You know, I'm, I like to talk about my family. I like to talk. But I would not talk about my family with these guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking with you because I know your family, exactly. right? That, that, so that's easy for me. So my family just barges in again, picking his nose next to me. It's amazing. Ask him if he got, does he have any bats in the caves? Anything show? No, it's good. No bats in the caves. Uh, now we <laughs> 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 um okay yeah so so yeah i i diverged from the original question which was i forgot no the original <laughs> question was the the post about your back and how yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. no you but answered I, the question you answered the question you got it you got it so, um go ahead so talk to me about the, uh, you're doing a lot of TV work, a lot of movie work, which is fantastic. I mean, anybody I'm, I'm does not so happy, so happy. Yeah, absolutely. You were, uh, you were in the remake of district 13, which was, yeah. uh, 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 with brick mansion. You were yeah. Walker. Great movie. I actually prefer the original. I'm not going to lie. The original is always great, but the Americanized version. District 13 was way better. It was way better than brick mansions. Oh, absolutely. District 13, even district 13, you, the second one was pretty decent too. The guy was a little older. But still pretty yeah. good. Still pretty good. But you 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 do understand that the guy is the same as the guy that's in Brick Mansions, right? It's the 100%. same guy. Same actor, which was great. I love that. I love that. I really did love that aspect of it. It was fantastic. But um, great, what, great guy too. Amazing, fantastic guy. Yeah. Right now, okay. Well, there's just been a bunch of shit since the last time we spoke. I shot pre-pandemic. I shot a movie with Army Hammer, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't meet him. But Gary Oldman was in the movie too. Nice. Which, which sucks, because I am such a huge, huge, huge fanatic admirer of his work. I, he passed by me on set, and I didn't, I noticed too late, I turned around, that was Gary fucking Oldman. I didn't get to talk with him, but, or to him, I should say. Um, but that, was, that movie was called Crisis. Uh, it was not that great. Um, I am honest enough to say that I've been in projects of our shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that movie, Army Hammer was tremendous, even though now he, he was part of the Me Too movement, apparently, because he wants to be a vampire and beat, and bite people and drink their blood. But he was a great gentleman to me. Um, I, um, I shot a series that I believe now plays on... Fuck, I forgot the, what channel it is, but um, it's called Blood and Treasures. It's season two. Okay. I, right. The first season, I think, was on CBS or NBC, but now they moved it to um, Paramount. Isn't there a Paramount channel on TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paramount Network, right. Paramount Channel. Yep. It's, 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 it's on the Paramount Network. Um, I play a Russian bad guy. So basically all the parts that I play, we're just going to change the first word, but the second word being bad guy, it's just going to stick because that's all I do. Um, I uh, I did a movie many years, um, actually a few years ago that's just being released now at Fantasia, which is a big movie festival in Montreal called nice. The Fight Machine. Nice. That was an interesting character. It's a, it's a, you're going to say that's so interesting when you just, it was, it's a gym trainer, but he's a fucking asshole. Okay. Because he's like uh, we played on social on on social fears. He's really he was a total opposite of me. He was a homophobic piece of shit. Okay, yeah, totally not you. Absolutely way. No, hell no, <laughs> hell no, hell no. I mean, um, 
to me, that's just, that's a totally subject in itself. I really don't believe that people need to establish their, uh, their, their genre or their sexual, that doesn't change a fucking thing to me. I connect human beings. Mm-hmm. Whatever your preferences may be, that doesn't fucking change a thing with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to fuck trees? I'm still going to like you if we get along. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So that doesn't fucking change anything at all. But, point, but it was fun to play on those lines because it's so, like, such a polar opposite to who I am. I did a movie in London last year called Last the Night, which is a big old school slasher 80s horror movie. Nice. Channing Decker's in the, Channing Decker is going to be in there too. Nice. Nice. Uh, I shot a movie which I strongly suggest to you and everybody watching this not to watch called Moonfall by Roland Emmerich. I might seem to even make it to the last cut. And for what it's worth, I'm, I'm kind of happy because I still got paid. But the movie was such shit. I, I couldn't even finish it. It was so brutally fucking bad. It was unfucking believable. I shot a French Canadian movie called Bungalow, which obviously you wouldn't know any of the actors, but there was a, a plethora of local godlike actor and actresses. Nice. Being a part of that project was tremendous, which was most fun about it is that the, the director asked for me specifically. Uh, because she and the character called for like a big menacing threatening the guy's name's tattoo so basically she's just i had people asking me to play the part but that's you that's nobody else that was fun i shot a a tv series comedy called um happiness but if it's french le bonheur and that was pure comedy so getting to play pure comedy was a big change for me i shot a, a movie with do you know of the movie called um, Turbo Kid? Yes, of course. It's a classic. Exactly. Well, I, I, I'd done a video clip for the director from that movie um, that explored the, the Turbo Kid universe um, many years ago. And he always said that he wanted to work with me again. He did Summer of 84, which I loved. I don't know if you saw that. Summer of 84 was fucking tremendous. Oh, one of my- then he's, he, he did a movie. And he, we just finished a movie two months ago called We Are Zombies. Um, and it's, but it's a big comedy, big horror, gory comedy um, with, um, in the vibe of Shaun of the Dead. Oh, right up my alley. I love that shit. You saw Shaun of the Dead? Oh, yeah. Shaun, Shaun so Dead basically, in, in that kind of vibe where the zombies are socially functional, they have jobs, and when they're too rotten and everything, they get taken away to retirement centers. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I play – that was a – obviously, I'm a, I'm a bad guy, but what was fun is he's an innocent – he's like an eight-year-old in a big, big, gigantic man's body. So to be able to play that innocence, I was basically asked to be a child, and I had so much fun with it. Because I'm still a big child in itself, and myself. I, I am, and to be able to be that innocent and pure, but still fuck everything up in the movie because of all the mistakes I made, it was amazing. And recently, and right now I'm shooting, um, I'm shooting a French TV, French TV show called uh, Reasonable Down. 
Scouts. It's about um, the police uh, sex crimes unit. And I'm obviously on the on the bad side of things. It's a very heavy, heavy part. But that, and it's with wonderful actors back home. Um, and I have a short film that came out in festivals right now called uh, The Big Devil and the Little Demon. That's going to be in a bunch of festivals throughout the... So I, you know, I am fortunate mm-hmm. to be able to do what I love. I, I don't remember, I don't think if I, I said that to you, but when I was a kid, you know, when you, the school counselor says, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hmm. People want to be a fireman. People want to be like, I want to be a, a police officer. I always told them, I want to, I want to be a wrestling and actor. And I was the skinniest kid in, in two, all my classes. And they were like, okay, but Mark, seriously, what do you, like, that's what I'm going to be. And my friends were like, you're not going to be a wrestler, you're too skinny. I'm like, I will. Now, now, am I a world-famous wrestler and a world-famous actor? No. But when I meet these people from high school randomly, and they see they saw me on TV, and they see or they see me at wrestling shows, they're like, you are one stubborn little motherfucker. I'm like, I told you. So I'm doing, I, am I a rich man? Fuck no. Fuck no. Am I a... But am I part of that very small percentage of human beings that do what they love in life? Yeah. yeah. And that is a blessing I wish everybody could have. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not the most, I'm, I'm definitely not the most potentially able guy in the world or the most well-organized or structured. I have my hustles and my struggles, but, but, but I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, self-centered to me to want to keep keep wanting to do that my 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 wife and my kid put up with it but because i i provide i find i i'll get the regular job well mind you i, I can't ever keep them long because i i lose my shit i find something else uh but um uh mind you i worked in that's not true i worked in mental health for the past i worked in um I don't want to say an asylum because it's not the case, but it was a clinic for the mentally challenged and the mentally ill. And that was amazing. But the thing is, I don't know if it's the case in Ontario or anywhere else in Canada. There's so few people that want to work in this or always understaffed. And these people have a lot of needs and you can't bitch about their needs when you're in a position, but, we were so understaffed that it got so difficult to mentally handle it. And you don't want to, you, you don't want your users and your customers and your, and your, your patients to, uh, to suffer from your lack of means. So you wind up at the end of the day completely spent mentally, not physically, mentally and disappointed in yourself because you can't provide the level of happiness that they would need. Anyway, as that's me. I would finish my days go like, I want to do more. I, 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 I really wish I could do more. And I couldn't. And by the end of, of a year, it got so difficult mentally for me to handle that. If I do a wrestling show, I know I'm in a position to give people their money's worth. And the same way to make a, like a link to this, I was going there like, I'm not going to be able to give them what they need. And that would break me. That's the, uh, the, 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 the lack of, I would say, 
not self-worth, but the lack of self-confidence that I had. I mean, I wanted to be able to come in every day and go like, these people are going to get their needs fulfilled. And I couldn't do that. And I really, it, it, it ate me up inside. And uh, from there I did, oh, I forgot. I did a series for Netflix that's going to come out called, it's going to come out soon called Gray Mail. Um, I went from having COVID being off for two weeks then doing a series for two weeks. I was off. And then I shot uh, We Are Zombies for two weeks. Uh, so they fired me because I wasn't, but mind you, I told them when I started working there, like, if I have movie gigs and shit, I'm, I'm going to need some time off. And they said, yeah, 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 fine. But I do understand their take on it. Or like, they need somebody to be reliable to bring stability to the users. I couldn't do that. So they, they, they defied me. So basically, uh, right now, I am relying on shows and acting gigs. And uh, I'm hungry. I'm starving. <laughs> I'm not making enough money, but I'm going to find something. I'm going to figure something out. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, the one thing I can tell about you is what I mean chicken nuggets. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The one thing I can tell about you is very much like me. Family first. I've got to make sure the family is there and taken care of. But you always yeah. want to chase those dreams, just like me. Like my wife, love her to death. She puts up with this all the time. I could come home from a hard day's work. I'll eat quickly and then she'll be like, Where are you going? I'll be heading down the basement. She's like, Where are you going? I got another interview. Okay, I'll see you in an hour, see you in an hour and a half. Yeah. And she understands that because that's the passion that comes out. And actually, you said something before we pushed record that really touched my heart because, uh, you know, I'm doing the commentary stuff. You know, I'm getting out there and getting yeah. my name out there doing my yeah. stuff. And yeah. you actually said to, to get this from you is an honor. And I mean this as a friend. You said that if nobody would want to work with you being me, they're a fucking idiot. And I appreciate that so much, man. I do. I appreciate that more than I mm-hmm. think. I. That's what I said earlier. You. I felt a genuine connection to you. And I firmly believe that in the wrestling business, it's like any artistic endeavor. If you cannot be genuine about the connection you try to establish with the people you do it for, well, you're never going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And as a promoter, well, I want my promotion to be successful. So I'm going to try to find as many genuine people, passionate and real and humble people as I can. And you've got all these traits. You're humble, you're passionate, and you're genuine. If I'm running a promotion, you're going to be on. Because that passion, when you talk, you feel it. I feel it in your voice. You, you see it in your face. You, you, it's We see it. Um, and I have worked from, from a sharp promotions where people were foolish enough to do this on an indie level, thinking, well, I'm doing this because it pays me money. Well, fuck off. <laughs> I mean... You should be compensated and handsomely so for what you do. But first and foremost, the people that are, I, people, some people might call me out for that. But if you're in the wrestling business solely for the uh, financial aspect of it, I think you're in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, might, I might have a different take on that if I was making $3 million a year. Maybe. But if I was making three months a year or one million a year or whatever, if I was making a living out of only wrestling, I'd still be the happiest man on earth because I would do something I'm passionate for. But some guys just do it for the money. I think it's not the proper thing to do. And it shows eventually on their product. Mm-hmm. They just come off as businessmen. If they're not having fun, whatever character they're portraying, 
but they're not having fun, people will feel that. They won't connect to that and they won't want to link up with somebody that's not passionate because they're passionate about the product they watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has its flip side because people are so passionate now, but social media has given them an outlet to voice their passion in negative fashion sometimes. And that really, really bothers me. Bothers me too. I mean, Believe me, it bothers me too. I am a firm believer that, hey, you are entitled to dislike and even hate something. Mm-hmm. It, freedom of opinion, freedom of uh, freedom of speech, you might say. I believe in freedom of speech, but I also more so believe that if you ain't got nothing good to say about something, then just shut the fuck up and don't talk about it. Why can't the world be like us? And, oh, well, I, and I can't just say like this, everybody, I'm not trying to be a Roman. I'm not saying that should be everybody, but I have an issue with somebody going, you have a dude, dude per se that posts a, a training picture a training video and he's not doing the exercise right and go like, you don't know fucking shit that's awful form well fuck you tell him how to do it tell him how to do it in a nice way be give him positive feedback give him constructive feedback but people are like uh, or, or about wrestling this guy sucks he shouldn't be on fucking tv don't say it what good does it bring you to do that Low life, low fucking self-esteem people that have no self-fucking worth need to bring people down. But that's a history, that's a history of mankind. It's always been this way, the history of humanity. Low, 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 weak people need to bring other people down to get a little bit of their strong energy to feed themselves and feel like they're somebody. Um, but social media has given them that, that, that platform to speak out with it without repercussions to their words and that's that's a big thing mike tyson said it the best everybody's quoting for it it's given them a platform to say shit they should get punched in the face for i mean some people will just say shit in everyday life back in my day we're like you suck really mm-hmm. well, oh well no say it <laughs> well and it's not it's not about being a about being a bully would you go to a guy like me in his face you go, you're fucking awful. No, you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have repercussions to things you say because it's being negative. You, you can come over to me and go, like, I really don't like what you do. I don't appreciate the way you're doing it. I don't understand what, say that. I, I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'll take, I'll take the criticism. Like, you're fucking shit for the sake of being I'm fucking sh- shit. Somebody would say that. Nobody would say that because they would fucking, they are consequences to the words you said but not anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of sad but i made another transition there and i lost your original point what were we saying <laughs> no that's why i love these conversations because we can go in 20 different directions but yeah. at the end of the day it all makes beautiful beautiful conversations so my next question and this is a big one out of coming out of the pandemic there's ring yeah. rust there is. There's obviously ring rust because you're not in a ring full time. What was the hardest thing about wrestling full time again? Like getting your body back into that ring shape because being in shape and being in ring shape is two very that different. That is different ballgame. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to train with Bailey a few times. Get some ring work. Ring time in me. Mm-hmm. 
my wind was the shits. And that's the problem with me. I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having all these resp- respiratory issues, but I'm a smoker. Look how dumbass in the dictionary is a picture of me right next to it. Um, look how bad decisions. And right there, again, it's a picture of me. Um, uh, so I had our time getting my wind back, but bumps, the bumps were fine. They were easy. To be perfectly honest with you, the bumping was super sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, getting my, my mind was rusty. Structuring the matches, getting that flow of ideas coming together, um, getting the vibe, feeling that vibe, and reacting to it instinctively with instinct. Um, that was harder. And the very first match back I had was with a very old friend of mine who can go, but it was a triple threat with another local guy from Quebec who just who cannot go. Who cannot go at all. He is... God bless him. I'm not going to name him. But it was... God, it made me doubt. Made me doubt if I was if I still had it in me because that match was so brutal. Wow! And the day the, the show after I uh, I worked with Surfer Mitch Thompson, which is not a name you will be familiar with, but I can easily, without a doubt, say that's one of the best, most talented guys I've ever been in the ring with. Wow. He's a local French guy who sort of went on to do bigger, bigger, and way better things. He's to me, he's, he, he's TV worthy. He's that good. Uh, he has a family. He has a good job. He doesn't want to invest all this time and energy. And he's such a great and nice guy. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. So that maybe that business is not necessarily for him. Because uh, it gets, let's be honest, this business is mostly filled by assholes, insecure ones. Um, so, but he... He gave me back. He gave me my mojo back. Nice. Surfer Mitch did. And after that, it went on, and when it was fine, you had you, you have mo you have good matches, you have bad ones. <laughs> um, uh, and you have bad ones with some of the most talented guys. Um, have you met Zach Patterson? He's yes. my tag yes. team partner in yes. uh, in Quebec. Yes. Yeah. Right. And he, mind you, I've known that kid since well, since the second he was born. I gave him his very first teddy bear when he was a few days old. Aww, and now we're teaming together. So that just goes to show you I'm oldest there. Um, but we, and he is, uh, he's a, when you know when you, you say a natural, mm-hmm. but he's a natural. He's not, he's been doing this for six or seven months. And he's better than guys that have been doing it for 10, 15 years. He just has it in him. And we had a match. Against TDT, or some of the best wrestlers ever come out of Quebec, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think I can handle myself. And everything was a fuck up. So that just goes to show you you can be with anybody. And everybody got hurt. <laughs> everybody got hurt. Everything was off. We were all off, and we got to the back, and we're like, and we all looked at each other. Well, that was a big steaming pile of shit. I nearly broke my back. I mean, 
I did, we do a spot where I, let's just say I run at TDT's outside the ring. I run at Zach and he back drops me into a somersault onto them to the outside. Right. Now I have a thousand percent confidence in these guys to do anything. I will always be safe. On that day, for whatever reason, they did not catch me. So I landed square on my tailbone on the floor. Ooh. From about 10 feet. And I thought I was paralyzed. <laughs> I thought I was, and I had like a Will Ferrell reaction, you know, until League of Nights were like, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> I was screaming like this. I was freaking out. Oh. Like, fuck, I'm paralyzed. And then Zach comes over, touch my shoulder, like, fuck off. I can't move. Then I got back up and everything was just the shits. But there, hey, I'm not doubting anybody's talent. It's just, it's just you have your bad days. Mm-hmm. So since the pandemic, a bunch of people have had to establish themselves and get back into the group of things. It's been a while now, so most people are back to uh, their usual, adding their bearings back. But there can still be the occasional day or occasional match where everything fucks up, and it's happened with the best of them. So, Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can have your good days and your bad days. Now, this, this is going to be my final question. We're going to wrap it up. But this is a big question. It's a question I've never asked before, and I'm going to ask now. You have always mentioned about having that one match and yeah. you love to do it with Kevin. What yeah. kind of match would it be? Are we talking 30 minute Ironman match? Are we talking, you know, a hardcore match? What match, if you could have that one TV match with Kevin and Kevin said to you, Mark, I want you to pick the stipulation. What match would it be? I'm not a hardcore guy. Mm-hmm. That's not what I do. But Kevin and I, it'd have to be like, I think the kind of match he had with Stone Cold where it's a street fight and you can pretty much go all over the place and schmoz and brawl and just break stuff. To get the best out of, the best out of both of us, I think that's the way to do it. Because Kevin and I, okay, Kevin's top three best wrestlers in the goddamn world, so there's no doubting his abilities in any way, shape, or form. And he said it in interviews as well, were back in the day, we were the two best guys in Quebec, and a bunch of promoters would always book us against each other. We cannot have good matches. Really? Oh, we've had not true. We we've had decent matches and good matches, but we can't have like you think that as as good as we are and as close as we are, we would kill it. And it's never happened. We've had decent matches, but you put us as a team. I really, in, in all honesty, would like to team with Kevin in WWE okay. and have a big schmoz. And, uh, yeah, he put us as a team against whatever team and have us fight. Because you, you, you've seen my take on it. I am not a technical wrestler. I don't, you're not going to see me do, like, chain wrestling on the floor, Greco-Roman freestyle wrestling. That's not what I do. I like for this character to come out and fight for his life, to fight, to hurt people, not to to, be, to look like a genuine athlete. Who's, I don't care about the belts. I just want to come off as a, as a psychopathic maniac who just wants to hurt people and wants to fight and give every ounce of sweat, blood, and guts that he has into a fight until one of the guys is no longer standing. And Kevin and I, as a team, I think can achieve that. That'd be the dream, yeah. A tag match with Kevin against, uh, I don't know, the Bolsheviks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be a little, you know, 
season. But uh, again, Nikolai Volkov in there. Yeah, definitely me and Kevin against Nikolai Volkov in an handicap match. That would sell. I would, that would, oh yeah, big main event draw for WrestleMania. Oh, hell fucking yeah. That would be fire, man. Fire. <laughs> uh, put, put, or me, Kevin, Sami Zayn in a three way would be man. Oh, that, that would be, uh, yeah. That, but like, Sami Zayn, like, first come in the main roster or Sami Zayn now all crazy and beard and everything? Like, which Sami Zayn you want? The crazy one, because it'd be two crazy ass motherfuckers. Just character wise, that would be insane. Oh, it would be amazing. And Kevin, in between the two of you, like these two fucking guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> but Kevin is nuts too, right? He would lose his shit and try to beat us up after after a while. There's so many possibilities that could come out of this match. It would be fun. It's still a dream, but I mean, if we're gonna envision it, it'd be a great one. Oh, it'd be an amazing dream. It would be an amazing dream. Listen, to see you in a rifle spot on television on a semi-weekly basis or weekly basis. That's a dream for me because I know how talented you are. Yeah, I know you're 42 and I know, you know, you're fighting against time right now if you want to say so. But also, let's not forget, Sting's 58 and he's still going. Yeah, but he, he was on TV since he was 28 or 25 or whatever you want to say, whatever age. That's true. Like I was, I was talking to your, to your, um, to your daughter earlier. You got to look at it from an investment standpoint from one of these companies. Sting has been on TV for 30 years. He, he'll, he'll be 100 years old. He'll still be Sting that's been on TV for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm 25. I'm not established from a TV standpoint. Mm-hmm. You bring me in. You give me a contract. You got to pay for my visa. You got to pay for my um, establishing me in, in NXT per se. And that's a year. That's a contract of whatever, 100 grand. Mm-hmm. You've invested 100 grand plus my... And then after that... You, if you try to, if you decide to put me on TV, you got to give me like two fifty. But you, how long of a run do I have to make that investment worthwhile? Not, I'm forty five by the time I'm on TV. So I'm forty five. I'm not going to go for ten years, right? Mm-hmm. That my take on it. That's being reasonable and logic. You got to look at it from their point of view, and I think that'd be the issue. You're probably right, and it, and it pains me to agree with you on that point. You're probably right. right. But you know what? I can dream, and my dream is to see you at least one time at WrestleMania in a match, smacking the crap out of Sami Zayn, then turn around to Kevin, you push Kevin, then Kevin pushes you back. You guys start swearing at each other in French. You know, a little uh, tabernacle, esticales, and boom, 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 we just fucking go. That would be the dream, and I know you love it. Look at the smile on your face. I would love to swear at WrestleMania. Yeah, right? I, I, I think tabarnak has to be said at WrestleMania at least once. One time. Or esticales. Esticales. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. See, listen, I may not you're swear good. in French. You're good. No, you're good. You're good. You got it. You're good. I got it. But I, I know how to swear in Quebecois. I do know how to swear in Quebec. <laughs> listen, I know how to swear in Quebec, in Italian. I know how to swear in, actually, I know how to swear in uh, uh, Punjabi. Uh, Penjot and stuff. Yeah, I know bad words, bro. I know bad words. Bad words. Bad words. Bro. I don't know Punjabi words. I, I, are they good swear words? Give me something. No, hit me with okay, Punjabi. So, here. so the one word I know, because uh, I used to, I work with a lot of great uh, truck drivers here in Ontario, a lot of great Indian truck drivers. And the one word I learned was called Penjot. 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 So Penjot means sister fucker. Penjot? Penjot. Penjot. 
Yeah. Me okay. Too. I'm going to be saying that to every single person I meet. I'm choked. <laughs> and that's in Punjabi. So I'm going to make sure to say in Toronto next time I'm there. Like, hey, you, you're not going to pay Yeah. yeah. And they'll, be like, see the react- they'll be like, yeah. Fuck you, Penjo. <laughs> and I think that's the best way to end this conversation. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> brother, I love you. I love you too, brother. Before you go, man, shout out your socials yeah. so everyone can, you know, keep an eye on the journey. Absolutely. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Marc-André Boulanger. You, you don't get much more French than that. I guess I should change it to Frankie, but it, it's my acting name, right? So it's my real name, Marc-André Boulanger. And on uh, Twitter, which I don't use as much as I should, uh, it's Frankie TM. Mm-hmm. The Beast King Frankie TM. Search for that. You'll see me up there. And on Facebook, no, my account is full. I think I should open a uh, public page mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, whatever the fuck that is. Um, I really should yep. because now it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. A fan page, yeah, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Um, because um, I'm missing out on a lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. that want to follow me. Maybe I'm, that sounded so arrogant. I'm missing out on a lot of people. But I think I could establish a bigger following uh, if I had a fan page. Yeah, that's true. And I would like to make my personal page a little more personal mm-hmm. because I have people. On there, sometimes I'll be scrolling through the friends, people that are friends with me. I'm like, who the fuck is that? No offense to the people who I don't know. I mean, like, I reach a 5,000 person limit and be like scrolling, like, who is this? And we have like 200 people in comment. I'm like, what? (laughs) I, I had someone in New Zealand recently, and I'm like, why? But that's obviously from a wrestling lane. So this is the kind of people that go like, oh, professional wrestler. Greek friend. And me being a professional wrestler in the time, going like, oh, wrestling fan. Greek. But now I'm, I'm like somebody, oh, I made you a fair request, but you can't have any more people. Like, yeah, oh, wait, I'll go and delete someone. New Zealand? Goodbye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> So guys, hopefully he'll get his fan page up soon, and then you can follow him on there. Don't try to friend yes, him. On please Facebook. do. Don't try to friend him on Facebook no. because he's full. He's too popular. He's too beautiful of a human being. He can't. He can't have anymore. Can't have anymore. Can't have it. <laughs> Frankie, man, I love you, dude. Thank you so much for coming. Always a pleasure, my brother. Always, all right, you take care. Enjoy the rest of your Anytime. evening. Anytime. Right? Yes, I'll see you soon, brother. Okay. All right. Peace, love, Bye-bye. and rest of the guys. We'll see you next time. Right. Yes. Ciao. Bye. Later. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm outer space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going state to state